You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. This is Matt Gunn, live today at CSCMP's annual conference in Kissimmee, Florida. Today I'd like to introduce a conversation between a couple of industry veterans, Guy Cortez and John Santagate of IDC Manufacturing Insights. They're going to talk today on a couple of topics on supply chain. Hope you enjoy. So welcome. Good to see you, Guy. John, good to see you, my friend. It's been a while. Well, why don't you do yourself to our audience? Hello, everybody out there in the blogosphere or podosphere. Podosphere. Yes. Yes. I'm John Sandigate. I'm a research manager with IDC Manufacturing Insights here visiting CSCMP 2016 in Kissimmee, Florida, talking with the best of the best in the supply chain. Clearly, you're, uh, you're the second part is hyperbole. That's okay. That's, That's okay. geared towards you. I appreciate that, John. I really do appreciate it. Let's start off. I think one of the interesting things that we've seen, and you and I have talked about sort of on the side, when it comes to, to supply chains, manufacturing or otherwise, today and moving forward, is this whole concept of the network, right? What does that mean? The network of networks. And I don't mean network radio or anything, but sort of this expanded view of your supply chain from being something that's very linear to something that's truly a network, sort of from multiple nodes and places. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are seeing over at IDC in that space? Yeah, you know, the network is something that we sort of view as enabling the stuff we've been talking about for a very long time in supply chain, things like network-wide collaboration and visibility that enables faster interactions, faster transactions throughout the supply chain. It's something that we've talked about quite a bit, you know, Simon Ellis as well, and you know, something he's covered for quite some time is the increasing interest of manufacturers in joining these commerce networks that allow them to gain visibility, to conduct analytics across what they're buying, who they're buying from, but also important there is an easier onboarding process, a quicker process of connecting with vendors and gaining exposure to vendors that you might not ever otherwise have had across a variety of areas, right? Let's touch upon something that you just mentioned. You talked about the technology. Why do you think that we are able to finally do what we've been talking about? Because, for example, I know many years ago, maybe 10 years ago, maybe longer at I2, we talked a lot about creating you know, supplier networks for the likes of Ariba and IBM. Talk about marketplaces, things like that. You know, those carried a lot of interest. But to your point, something I want to focus on, you know, can you talk to us a little bit more about what are the technologies that are making this network of networks finally possible? I think it's not about new and emerging technology. I think it's more about the evolution of existing technology. You know, you look at where, where the cloud was 10 years ago and where it is today. Big data and analytics, where that was. Social commerce and mobility. At IDC, we talk about those as the four pillars of the third platform, the next wave of technology and how it's fundamentally altering business. And you know, having being a part of a company that's talked about that for over seven years and seeing it transform what we see all around us in industry, I think it's really the maturity of those four technologies that are now capable of delivering on the execution of a network of networks versus theorizing it and drawing it up, right? Mm, interesting. Now, when we talk about the industries, I mean, are there particular industries where you're seeing more maturity with this whole concept of network of networks? I wouldn't necessarily talk about industries as much as I would talk about the different types of networks, procurement networks, uh, warehousing networks. I mean, there's even interesting uh, networks that are emerging for sharing warehouse space. 
You know, so so it, it's not necessarily about an industry as much as I think it is about a business process where we're seeing a lot, you know, in the procurement networks, for example, have, you know, the highest take rate today. And when we run our surveys, that's something that we see across industries and across manufacturing segments, the highest degree of participation in, largely because it's probably the most mature, you know, procurement networks have been around for a while. But transportation networks have emerged and are now, you know, going beyond sourcing transportation capacity to enabling analytics and driving business value in addition to the function that they're performing. So let's talk one more question about this network concept. I mean, we talk a lot about the network enabling greater visibility, right? Yeah. Yet visibility in a way is sort of one of those overused terms, right, that we sort of hammer away on. From your perspective, what are you guys seeing when it comes to this notion of visibility? What does it mean for the network? And what are maybe some of the opportunities that enhanced true visibility can bring to your supply chain? Yeah, you know, you're right. Visibility is a term that's sort of, when you talk about beating a dead horse, that's been around. We've been talking yeah. about it in these circles <laughs> for, for too long for now. For way too long. We, we've overused it, and I think the industry knows that. I think the market kind of shies away when you talk about it. I like to look at things from, I call it T-squared, and that's a, a term a college professor I had named Don Clock at Rutgers talked about, and trust and transparency. And so visibility without trust and transparency is just seeing what someone else wants you to see. And I think, you know, relative to the success of networks is the notion that you're trusting what you're seeing and you have visibility into what you're seeing to understand that it's real. And I think that's really the next level of where visibility needs to be. Well, one more thing, it's interesting. So we're talking about trust and transparency. I love that, I'm gonna steal it from you. I trademarked it, just now. I get that concept of, I wanna trust what I'm seeing, I wanna see the whole picture. Does that fall still a little bit short of what a true network is? Because you didn't mention anywhere executing on that, right? So, great, I can see in my transportation network that I've got you know, the Hanjin situation, right? I've got product sitting on a, on a ship, it's sitting outside of the port of Long Beach, I can't get it in. So now, great, that's the first step. But what's the next step? Is there something beyond this concept of visibility transparency where it's, okay, now what do I do with it? For sure, yeah, I mean, the information's only as good as what you can do with it, right? And you know, it, it is interesting today, I think we, we live in a world where technology is allowing us to start to actualize a lot of the things we've talked about for so many years. You know, things like predictive analytics to take that visibility up, add it onto a layer of disparate data sources to analyze what could happen to enable users to make decisions based on what the probability of certain things happening. And that's visibility into where things are now and where they're going to be. And I think it's very, very interesting the fact that with the Internet of Things and the connectivity of today's world, that we can start to piece together the future state of action and, and understand the effects of our actions today and make decisions based on the environment versus reacting to what's happening. No, very interesting. Yeah. No, I think that's great, John. So I, I appreciate this talk. I think the whole concept of the network is something that you know, I've seen a lot and I think I see a lot of momentum behind. I think we're at the beginning of this truly taking hold. But I think there's a lot of work ahead of us, right? I absolutely agree with you. I think there's a whole layer of what else can I do once I get the information. Yeah, you know, it, it, you bring up a good point is, is where things are going, right? Because the network's only as powerful as the members, as the group, right? And it's challenging to start a network unless you have some sort of really innovative idea that appeals to a broad base. 
But I do think that the, especially in the manufacturing industry, interest in achieving business value out of becoming a member of a network and whether that network is helping to source products or you know, providing data that can be analyzed, like Chainalytics demand data that they have, that's a network. And that enables their members to gain actionable insight based on that information. So I think the broader notion that organizations are more in tuned with joining networks will sort of start to push that snowball down the right. hill a little bit faster. Great. Well, John, this has been great. I uh, appreciate your time. This has been a fascinating conversation about the networks. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Guy. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Supply Chain Radio.